This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by UBCP ACTRA, a.k.a. the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists, the national organization of professional performers working in the English language recorded media in Canada. For more information about UBCP ACTRA, visit ubcpactra.ca. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Firminger, and today... Today I'm welcoming back somebody who is 100% absolutely doing the work, capital T, capital W, and that is Praneet Akila. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me back. Yes. So I was going to correct you though, because if you've listened to the podcast, if you've been on the podcast, you know that I have more to say. Oh yes, yes, yes. Sorry, 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 sorry. I feel like you did this last time. All right. I I, I think I did this last time. Oh my God. So embarrassing. Mm. You should be embarrassed. Okay. Praneet is a three-peat offender on this podcast, which you probably couldn't tell from how he's already messed up the introduction. (laughs) We've given him the origin story treatment during which he talked about his move from engineering into acting and also playing Gil Bobsey, one of the iconic Bobsey twins, and also like the picture of toxic masculinity on Nancy Drew. He participated in YVR Screen Scene for India, which was our version of Inside the Actor's Studio, but with a South Asian Canadian twist that raised thousands and thousands of dollars for Indian COVID relief. Late in 2021, Praneet participated in an episode about Lifetime's first Christmas movie about a South Asian family. And yes, we do celebrate Christmas, some of us. And earlier this month, He was nominated for three Leo Awards for producing, co-writing, and acting in one of my favorite short films of all time, Mom vs. Machine, about an ungrateful gamer who replaces his mother with an AI food replicator and horror ensues. Uh, Co-director Tesh Gudikanda told me that it was inspired by the time Praneet bought his mother a roti maker, and I am assuming horror ensued then too. And somewhere in all of this activity, Praneet filmed a starring role in SkyMed, an action-packed dramatic television series inspired by the, sh- by the real-life experiences of the series showrunner's own brother and- brother-in-law and sister who met flying air ambulances in the north. So rad. SkyMed is fun. It's sexy. Hashtag SkyMed Summer. We're going to make that happen, Praneet. Praneet's character Chopper is lovelorn and kind of cocky and funny and loyal. Kind of sort of like Praneet, who is wildly talented and just exciting to watch on screen. So I want to talk about SkyMed and Chopper and this particular moment in Praneet's life and career. What a gift it is to follow both and watch him take flight. Literally, get it? It's a bad pun. Bad pun for a shooting star. 
Uh, I'll stop now. Pretty hi, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, thank you, thank you for that un- incredible, undeserved intro. But thank you, I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you—you yeah. you are welcome. Tell me where you are because it looks very—it um, looks rustic behind you. It's very rustic. I'm on a farm. I'm on a farm next to uh, Armstrong, British Columbia. It's a very, very small town, uh, secluded away from civilization, uh, Wi-Fi-less, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, houseless, but cabin full. Um, and uh, I am workshopping a new uh, Canadian Indigenous musical called Black Horse um, at the uh, Caravan Farm Theater. And so I'm here all summer, uh, you know, devising a new uh, work of art with incredible collaborators um, and getting being, getting uh, bitten by mosquitoes along the way and black flies oh, and yeah. uh, snakes and rattlesnakes. I saw a rattlesnake for the first time yesterday, which was... Um, terrifying, right? Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> that story I should become the know. trigger warning. I hate snakes so much. I don't even know Canada had rattlesnakes, but yeah. yeah. Um, well, we have snakes. I mean, most of our snakes that I know of are out east because I grew up in Quebec and Ontario and we had a lot of like garden snakes and stuff. Uh, yeah, but it's more human farm. There. Yeah. I figured it was more humid, I thought. But yeah, yeah it's weird. I don't know. Uh, clearly, and I've the, been living sheltered life. But And the black flies <laughs> and the horse flies, they love you, right? <clears throat> they abs- ev- they're everywhere. Literally everywhere. And uh, the mosquitoes here are not city mosquitoes. They're like, they're big. They're, they're yeah. big and juicy mosquitoes. Like, no. <laughs> they, sh- they shake you down and they take your wallet. Um, how would you describe this particular moment for you? And I don't just mean, you know, you're covered with bites and, and you're rumbling with horses and stuff, but, you know, you are currently on like this massive show that people love. Like I, I, I was like scrolling through, you know, the social media, you know, and, and seeing the love that there is for Skymen, you know, and people are like, I, I don't know how many tweets I saw where people are like, I sat down to watch one episode and then I watched all of them because currently I, I didn't say this in the intro, but all the episodes are available on CBC Gem. All the episodes are available on Paramount Plus. They're also dropping uh, one episode a week on CBC television as well. So, you know, this is, this is huge. I remember when you were a little baby actor, which was just <laughs> like a few years ago. Yeah, it wasn't that yeah. long ago. And, you know, so how, how, how would you describe this particular moment? I think it hasn't sunk in yet. I think that's the best way to put it because I, I'm just so in the eye of the hurricane and, and I'm cleaning up horse poop every day. Mm. And so it's one of those humbling experiences where my head can't get too big right now with any of it because I'm just so in the element. I'm actually surprisingly very present. And I know last time we talked, the anxiety thing was was a part of it. But I think I'm, there's just something lovely about this moment right now where I'm just really present about everything and I'm taking it all as it comes. And I'm really, really appreciative um, that I am in this position now. Uh, which is, you know, I'm on a show that a lot of people love, that a lot of people are watching, and I get messages every day from from the new fans of the show. Um, you know, just really, really kind messages, and uh, seeing all the love that the show has now, it's it's it's, yeah, like I, I haven't fully sunk in yet, but at the same time, I'm just trying to take it day by day, and and just really be grateful for the fact that, um, you know, a few short years ago, I was in a isolated in a cubicle in downtown Calgary <laughs> daydreaming about something like this. And, and, um, and it took a lot of work. It was very strategic and it was, it was a lot. Where'd you go? That was such a good answer. Wow. 
Wow. Wow. Wow. Wow. I mean, wow. Wow. <laughs> wait, um, wait for the universe to keep you humble. Uh, Pranit, oh you know, my God. I, yeah. I just, uh, what I find interesting and the gift for me following you through, you know, your career journey um, is, you know, that you got something that you wanted and not just that you got something that you wanted, which was, you know, a series lead. But at the same time, you're also, you know, you had all those nominations for Leo's. And I didn't say, I, you didn't say I want to be nominated for Leo's, but you're also, you're a storyteller, right? You, and you want mm -hmm. to tell stories. So you're sitting here in this moment and you're getting the stuff that you want. How is that changing? You know, how is what your idea of what, of what is propelling you forward, you know, changing um, or adapting, you know, as you're, or is this it? Like we're, we're, we're happy. We're, we're mucking out the stall and we're making puns about SkyMed and, and oh my got gosh. what you want. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of both, right? Because I, I'm taking this moment to, to really uh, celebrate what's, what's happened up to now, you know, mm -hmm. because I think, I think you'd be, you know, what's the point if I don't take a moment to actually look around and be like, oh my God, look how far I've come. If I don't take that moment, then what's, the, there's no use of any of this, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I am taking the moment to do that and be temporarily satisfied with that feeling. Um, at the same time, I'm also realizing that, you know, like th that thing a few years ago where I'm like, oh, if I only was a series lead, everything would be great. Mm. Um, and, and that's the part that's a lie. And that's the fallacy, which is essentially, you know, at the end of the day, my life is very much the same in the sense that, you know, my, whatever insecurities or anxieties that I used to have are still there. I mean, I'm just with age and, and, and more experience that those things, you know, die down and new anxieties and new worries come up. But the one constant in my life has been my love for storytelling. The one constant mm. in my life has been the love for performance. The one constant in my life has been the need to collaborate with others and come up with ideas and just have fun in that sense. And so even if the whole series lead thing happened, uh, I'm still going to go out of my way and, and, workshop a new indigenous musical for very little money in the middle of nowhere because at the end of the day like that's what makes me happy mm -hmm. um and so and so it's it's the love for the actual craft is the reason why i'm doing any of this so whether that's series lead or you know doing what i'm doing now um they both give me the same amount of happiness yeah. um except and, one uh, has better wi-fi well, one has better <laughs> wi-fi and maybe a little better money but like but you know it's 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 uh i just uh, yeah, like it's funny how the the brain plays a lot of tricks on you because once you're in this series lead position and now you know some of the projects that I'm going out for and things like that now um now I'm considered in that category mm -hmm. which means that my competition or for lack of a better word amusing competition but like my the people my 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 peers in this arena now are people with 9 million followers or the people with uh you know 10 15 years of series regular experience mm -hmm. um so so you know a lot of uh actors do message me and they're like, oh, you know, I would love some advice and stuff. And, and what I say to them is like, this notion that like you will have made it is not a thing. It doesn't exist. What, what yes. happens is even if you get to this point, you're basically just graduated to hard mode on a video. Yeah. Like that's essentially what this is. <laughs> It's, it's, you know, it's not. Sorry, I just recently rewatched Mom versus Machine, and yeah. so all of a sudden you became that that gamer. <laughs> it sounds like you have a good voice in your head right I now. Mean, and I and I in saying all that, I don't want to discount how uh, insanely proud of myself I am. Like I do want to say that, like there's great joy 
and celebration within me as well. Like it's so cute. Like some of these, um, the my coworkers here on this farm, they actually did like a little red carpet premiere thing for, just for me because they knew I couldn't make it. Um, and oh and, my god, no! Tell me, tell me everything. everything. Details. Oh, tell they, me about the premiere. So, uh, <laughs> it was so, it was so sweet and lovely. Like because they knew that like I was here on contract, and and so like I was missing the whole premiere. I was missing all the the parties, and I was missing all the all the press stuff and everything. And I. Uh, and I literally came down uh, <laughs> like for, for lunch or whatever. And uh, they set up a little mini red carpet station with like a photo booth. And then they had a huge screen set up with the premiere with like a countdown for uh, for the CBC live premiere at 9 p.m. that night. You cut out again. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's gone. I'm He's back. <laughs> I'm back. I'm so sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> This I'm keeping that like. one in. I'm keeping <laughs> that one in. I'm gonna cut around the other one because that one was really long. I oh think we God. just have to. We just have to accept it. That's yeah. great. So, what did yeah. you feel in that in that moment? Then that I was very like I was pure bliss and just happiness. Like it was just like and then seeing my face up on that screen and I was just like, oh my God! Like I, I just disassociated myself with it because I was like, for the first time, I didn't see myself up there. I saw somebody else in my oh. shoes. Interesting. It was very interesting where I, I, I was like, I was just so proud of the show and what we made. And so like, I, I wasn't focusing on the zit on my face. I wasn't focusing on, you know, the my little God, thing that I did with my hand. Is perfect. Like I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> that's because of Brooke, my, a, a Brooke and, and, and uh, Tina and Chantel our makeup, hair and makeup team. They literally made us all look uh, beautiful on the show, but, um, but yeah, got- I'm done. <laughs> You gotta give yourself some credit too. Um, We're all very uh, proud of you. I do have to say though, um, and this isn't because I look at you as like like a a little brother kind of, but the shots of you, uh, the promotional shots where you're standing there and your arms are crossed and it looks like you got your uh, bicep. I thought those were like, and you're smoldering and stuff. Those like those were hilarious. Like I hope <laughs> that people in your life uh, completely. I can you see you're blushing me? now. Those are amazing. Uh, I want that. I want to put that on a mug. You know. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. Let's not. Let's not. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about those mugs and the piggy banks with with these editorial photo shoots versions of myself. Yeah, I've done I'm that. Like, I do that. I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done they- that. I did that for uh, for Marcy T House. So oh, yeah. another three paid offender for the podcast is one of the my favorite actors and one of the best that we have in this country, Brian Markinson. Oh my God, and um, incredible. so through, you got to go and listen to all those episodes I've done with him. Basically he dared me to put his face on a t-shirt and I, he didn't think I would do it. And I did it. And I put on a mug and a tote bag. Um, and then I like, it was just like supposed to be a Twitter thing, but then all these people in the industry started contacting me and asking for it, you know, including, um, Luvia Peterson, uh, Jessica Madden, who co-starred with Brian in Tribal. She actually wore her shirt and everything shirt to set. set. Yeah, and, <laughs> and like he was so like embarrassed and, you know, oh, it sent so me funny. all these curse word messages from with love, uh, with nice, love. Yes. Uh, and then Marcy T. House wanted one. And I know that you've worked with her previously. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, so I made one for her. And then we were talking about you 
when she came to pick it up and um, talking about, you know, like she says, oh, I call pretty my pretty penny. I call him my pretty penny, you know, because he's like a, you know, sparkling gem, like just all these nice things about you. Um, and so I said, well, if you're pretty penny, how about I take one of his smoldery photos, like with the shirt on Ben, and I'll put it on a piggy bank and you can put your pretty pennies in there. And so that's how that ended up happening. And then she did a reveal on uh, Instagram and Twitter and um and then I, I printed, I printed for you. I printed you your own, but yeah, I, yeah. So now I want a mug. I'm going to make a mug. You're right. I should put on a mug of you with your uh, SkyMed. I'm doing the, the art thing. The SkyMed, the SkyMed smolder. The, yeah. You know, it's funny that mug. I that mug. There was a mug with my with my smolder thing on it, and mm-hmm. I uh, didn't start the dishwasher on time, and so I was I ran out of mugs, and I, I was like, all right, whatever. I'll just take this and use this. And I was in a meeting, and I forgot, <laughs> I forgot that my face on one of the sides and so I, when I went to take a sip of my tea my stupid face shows up and I'm a, the, people must have thought I was the most narcissistic human being like I wonder really what they were thinking and I realized it as I did it because it came up this pink photo of me and I was like oh my god you idiot what was that thinking? And I'm crying. I'm like, literally crying. Oh my right god! Now. Like those, like, like, and it was like a, it was like a, it was an interview. It was like a callback for something. And it was like an interview, like, like with directors and producers and stuff. And they must have been like, I, and I just, I didn't bring it up because I was like, if I bring it up, it's gonna be weird. Like I just didn't say anything. And God knows what they think now. Like they've just gone on and they're like, oh, I was with this actor once, and he like really had a picture of himself on the mug and. <laughs> that's on you that's on uh, you i i didn't i facilitated this beautiful story but that's a you story okay 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 we can we can move on from this if anybody wants a mug maybe we'll do a limited (laughs) run and then we'll we'll give all the funds to charity please please charity let's Um, do it okay so i'll (laughs) oh i love that it was in the dishwasher so it had been used right or was it the last no, mug no, at the, the last back of one. the cupboard? Yeah. La- I, don't, I don't use it unless... Well, my girlfriend uses it maybe once in a while, but like I, I, I don't for obvious reasons. Brian uh, drinks but, out of his now. It's fine. Right. He, got, it's he nice. got used to it. It's a yeah. big, long mug, actually. He <laughs> cut out again. Oh. oh, that was such a good laugh. Oh, my God. Okay, he's going to be back in a minute. I, I don't even know what to say. This is a great interview. I love the how he just keeps cutting out all the time. <laughs> but we're letting him do it because Pranit's a big star now. So we're going to let the Wi-Fi. Okay, so let's move on. Let's move on. I want to talk okay, about okay. Chopper specifically. Yeah. Yes. How was he described to you? What was <clears throat> your first reaction to the material? I'm trying to get a lot of questions in because you're going to keep cutting out. Right? I'm so. sorry. I'm sorry. This is, this is life. This is my life. Um, uh, so Chopper, um, how he was described to me was uh, he's like everybody's little brother. Mm. Um, and that was, the, and I kind of instantly understood what that meant. Uh, you know, he's sort of has everybody's back. He is. He's cutting out again. But he's still on the line. Hmm. You're frozen. You're gonna have to restart. This is this is Oh uh, sorry, I'm just gonna play a game on my phone while I'm <laughs> <laughs> This is uh, this is I am so sorry. This is like yeah, it's never been this bad before here. Oh my um, god. Um Okay, all right, all right. Let's let's <laughs> 
So you were asking about Chopper. Yes. Okay. Everybody's little brother. Yes. Everybody's little brother. Um, you know, he's a competent pilot. He's a competent engineer. Um, but the way Julie Pucker and her showrunner described him to me is, is he's incredibly uh, selfless. Um, mm. So much so to the detriment of himself, where, you know, he doesn't really look out for himself and he doesn't really know what he wants deep down. Um, and so to me, right there, the qualities were, were uh, very present because, you know, I had the engineering experience, so I could easily tap into that aspect of him. Um, I could tap into the aspect of him not knowing what he wanted. Um, mm. Certainly how, you know, him being awkward around women and not being able to, uh, uh, you know, in that arena, just being completely useless. Um, I could relate <laughs> to that as well. Um, and so there were a lot of qualities that we shared. And and so this is one of the characters where I, I just almost in a way got to be myself. Like, you know, the acting. Mm. Um, sure, I had to act, of course. But like for the first time, I actually played somebody that was closest to who I actually am in life, um, mm. which was partly why I think the universe sort of dropped this role in my lap because I think it just fit me like a glove, I feel like. So, um, so yeah, that's who Chopper was to me. What did it feel like to walk onto set that first day as a series regular? Um, incredible. I, I'll never forget it. It was incredible. It was, a, it, was the, it was an episode one. It was the scene where the plane blows up. Mm. Um, and so this massive set with this practical stunt with this, you know, huge plane. Wait, that was design. the first day? That was, like that like, was the first day. Go! That was the first day. Um, and then our second day was a scene from episode two, the top of episode two with the boat being drowned in Lake Manitoba. Uh, or Lake Winnipeg, I should say. Um, and so I, I just never thought that we would actually be so practical, you know, on mm. a show. Like, I just didn't think. I thought we'd start off with some studio green screen days and stuff. But it was all practically done. We were on location uh, with the mosquitoes and the black flies and the summer heat and everything. Like, it was all part of the, the, the package. And so that was, that was that was my first day. And then being able to go on to set and uh, the director and the producers, you know, treating you like you had some sort of autonomy that you could mm. actually collaborate and give your ideas. And then at the same time, seeing recurring and uh, characters and guest stars come onto your show mm. and realizing like, Oh, I have the ability now to make them feel at home. And I have the ability now to um, not put them through what I went through when I was a guest star or recurring mm -hmm. on, on a set. Um, so, you know, having the agency to welcome them and have them be part of the collaborative process. And, um, but I, but I will say the first month was a challenge, you know, like it, it the job seemed very cushy in terms of, oh, series regular, they're putting you up, they're, uh, pampering you on set. They're bringing you to set. You're able to give ideas and throw back stuff with the director and the producers and stuff. But at the same time, um, we were all trying to figure out what the tone of the show was. Um, right. And I was so used to doing a certain type of acting, I hadn't done a medical procedural before. And what that meant is getting my dialogue out quickly, uh, yeah. point A to point B. And I was yeah. being all actory about things. And uh, every single take that we did, and not just me, the rest of the cast, I'm sure would agree, the first month it was very micromanaged and, and you know, every single little thing that you did, it was, there was a note. And, hmm. and so it made the experience very tough and very difficult in that sense because you felt like you were going to get fired any day because mm. you were like, Oh my God, like they hate me. They hate what I'm doing. Um, they hate what I'm bringing to the table. And so as much as that, that there's that positive of being a series lead, there was also the flip side of there's a lot of pressure to yeah. perform. And, um, but then after that first month we started, 
you know, settling in and, and things sort of took off from there. Yeah. Took off. See, took off. you do pun- bad puns too, which actually brings me to the next thing I want to talk about, which is this entire world you know, of the, you know, the, the flying paramedics. Like I didn't, I never really thought about that mm-hmm. at all, but that's like mm-hmm. a, yeah, that makes sense. That's the thing you would need to fly, especially, you know, remote communities and stuff. What did you learn about that entire world and, and what surprised you? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I certainly was aware of air ambulances. I just never, I guess I didn't understand how difficult of a job that was. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't take into account how little resources they have, that they're working with technology that's many, many years old, um, that, you know, in certain reserves and in indigenous communities, uh, if somebody's pregnant, if somebody, somebody's foot's broken, like little things that we take for granted in major cities. I mean, there's literally, they have to get onto a plane to fly yeah. to the nearest hospital. Um, and so just the sheer difficulty of that profession, you know, where, you're, you're working with planes that are many, many years old and you're in really tiny claustrophobic spaces. Uh, I remember the first time we went and saw a real life King Air 200 that these medevacs in Northern Manitoba use. Um, it was so small where I was like, how do you even fit two pilots, two nurses and a patient in here? Um, you know, and they were like, yeah, this is how we do it. And they actually showed us how they did it. And the entire time their heads, they're like bending down the entire you know, plane ride while tending to the patient on an emergency uh, basis. And so um, just like, you know, and it's thankless, right? It's a thankless job because it's like, you know, nobody, there's no grand celebrations. There's nobody's like rolling out the red carpet for any of these people. They do it um, without a thank you in the world. And Hmm. and they do the hard, difficult job. The other thing that I learned, which was surprising is every single plane ride that you're going into, every single sort of mission that you have, you're essentially taking a huge risk. Because, you know, weather, uh, mm. you know, running out of certain, uh, you know, running out of fuel, um, whoever, you're, the partner that you're with, you know, it's like you have to choose somebody that's, you know, going to be as competent as you are. If they're not, some of them are inexperienced pilots. It's like, you know, when you're taking them there, not only are you looking out for yourself, you're looking out for the man next to you. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's not just responsibility to the patient, to the nurses, it's a responsibility to your co-pilot as well. Um, and so... The job is very dangerous. Um, it's claustrophobic, uh, and it's incredibly secluded. And yeah. it takes a certain level of mental strength to be able to get through that position. Um, and I think no. the show captures that, though. You know, yeah. so so you know, maybe I mean, there hasn't been a lot of celebration or people thinking about the work that the you know that mm-hmm. these uh, these pilots and these um, paramedics do but you know the show could be that have you heard from you know people who work in this field at all since the show aired yeah lots of lots of people uh, I mean the good thing about this show is you know it's obviously based on uh, the showrunner's brother-in-law and sister uh, who met they fell in love doing this job she was a nurse that. he was a pilot uh, chopper is actually uh, based on her brother-in-law um, and so Jamie I did Rimmer, not know that yeah, yeah. So he's he's based on Jamie, and Jamie Rimmer uh, is a pilot. He uh, he works for WestJet now, but yeah, like when they were young and up and coming to get your pilot hours, a lot of young people, you know, they're going to get the shittier jobs, you yeah. know, like to get to build up their work experience, and so that's where they met. Um, and so Jamie and I were uh, in constant communication. He was there on set all the days that we were in the control, like we were in the cockpit, to make sure that we weren't. Um, 
yeah, being inaccurate. Uh, you know, we went through like a pilot boot camp as well. The nurses went through their nurse boot camp, and so we were very much uh, knee deep in research and consultation with real life pilots. That's weird, though. I like. Can I just say, like, I can. I'm not an actor, but I would imagine that playing a character you know, that's based on a real life person. And then the real life person is there, you know, watching, watching you, you know, yeah. what, what, was that, what was going through your head? What was that like? That was a lot of pressure and anxiety because I was sitting <laughs> in the cockpit and I could, I could feel like a, like a fourth eye, just like looking at me constantly. Right. And literally because, you know, Jamie's sitting at the monitor looking at, you know, Thomas and I in the cockpit and like, yeah. you know, what we're doing. And, 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 but the biggest thing we realized is that, you know, there's this notion and we all grow up doing this where we're like fighting in the X-Wing and like, we're, you know, doing this with our hands yeah. and like, I've but like, done that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's so ingrained in us, especially as actors, cause that's, it's our imagination. And we just, you know, mm. but the biggest thing Jamie told us is, you know, look at, cause we actually went up on plane rides with actual pilots. Right. And we saw their behavior. And what I would do is I would study their movements because mm. I knew that the TV show wouldn't necessarily the TV show is not about the cockpit. It's not necessarily about like what control panels and buttons were pressing, right? It would be, yeah. you know, that's not what the show is about. So at the end of the day, the pilots would only be filmed from here and here. And so the biggest thing, what I wanted to study was, yeah, sure. Like how this whole thing works. But at the same time, you know, what does the pilot on the left do mm. body positioning wise? What does the pilot on the right do body positioning wise when they're landing, when they're taking off, what is their physicality? Mm. Um, you know, the pilot on the, on the, on the right, which who chopper is, um, they basically do a lot of the checklist stuff. So they're not ever holding the, uh, the, 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 the stick, you know, they, they're always uh, checking to see, making sure everything's good. They're always there as a support to the captain. Hmm. Um, and so studying that physicality up there really helped. Um, and so I got a lot of messages from pilots actually, weirdly, uh, um, I shouldn't say a lot, maybe like three or four from pilots, mostly it's been paramedics, but like hmm. they've been like, oh, thank you for uh, not flailing your arms around <laughs> you know like you're in an x-wing you know thank you for being yeah. accurate you're know? like oh no another pilot show let's see hey yeah yeah, yeah. that's great um yeah. what were some of your most memorable moments from filming and memorable can be like delightful or it can be horrific <laughs> well um you know, for me, I think um, being able to bond with the cast mm. um, the way we did in Winnipeg uh, in the midst of the cold and all of that stuff, you know, being able to uh, just just spend time with each other. You know, it was just us um, in one apartment building and just like having our doors open and having uh, us just go into people's apartments, you know, and, mm. and just like bond it's with like each university. other. It's like university. It's exactly yeah. it. Um, you know, getting to bond with them was the biggest, I would say, highlight for me, you know. Um, I could obviously say the stuff that's, that was on set, but I think I think the relationships that I, that I built with the people on that job, um, you know, was unlike anything that I would have dreamed of. And so, and not only them, you know, the hair and makeup team, the people on the wardrobe team, the people that do props. Um, we hung out like on the weekends as well. It wasn't just like a get the, you know, work, uh, get to know on a work basis. Like I literally got to know these people outside of work, which, is, yeah. which was my biggest highlight, you know? And, and then the other thing I would say is I'm, I'm, as you know, you know, I'm really into producing and directing and that's the path that I definitely want to keep continuing on. And so I was able to shadow our executive producer, Ron Murphy on the entire, during the entire season. And so when I wasn't filming, I would be behind the director's chair 
being a director shadow. Um, and so seeing sequences where I would practice storyboard them the night before and then talk to Ron and suggest certain shots and mm -hmm. some of the shots actually making it into the, into the show was incredibly rewarding for me as a storyteller um, because I also want to, and I'm putting this out there, season mm -hmm. two or mm -hmm. season three, I will direct an episode of SkyMed. So fantastic. Put, so when you come there. back for the fifth yeah. appearance and I will be drinking from my Pranate mug, my yeah. new Pranate mug with the being Sky a five feet offender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, well, well, I think that's amazing. I mean, yeah. that's what Amanda tapping did as well. That's how she got into directing was, you know, she says that she, she went to Stargate university, you know, and she yeah. studied, studied every, everyone on, you know, and found out what everybody else was doing and yeah. uh, was just a present. And, you know, I mean, I know you work yeah. with Amanda on motherland Fort Salem, right? Like that's, of course, of that's course. the, that's the way to do it. Let's talk, I want to, before we move on to talking about, uh, well, other stuff I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk like, let's, I mean, Chopper has really resonated uh, with a lot of fans. People are rooting for him. Um, what have been some of your favorite reactions to uh, Chopper's journey? <laughs> I mean, just the just that people say that he's their favorite character uh, is just it's uh, it's very fulfilling for me because you know I I, I really I, I really took playing this role very very seriously you mm -hmm. know in the sense that um, there's so many people like him that I know and uh, I just wanted to do that type of character justice and not only that I think um, you know for me I. I, I I never get to do comedy. Like I never get to just be the funny person in a thing. That's so weird. I, never I mean, get to do that. it's funny. Cause you're funny. Like we're, you're hilarious. Like you're a hilarious person. <laughs> We've been laughing a lot. Yeah. I mean, but I get, he cut out again. He cut out again. The, the comic timing, the I timing know. on that, you I know, know, I really am really funny. Just, and that was one that, that's some, that I cut that out on purpose actually. Cause I really, you know, that was really, I thought. Am I laughing? Am I, I'm not <laughs> laughing. But Simon, who is going to be doing the edit is going to be like, Sabrina, what do I cut? Like, what is, what is even happening here? I don't know, Simon, just leave that one in. Just know. leave that one in. Just leave um, that one in. Like, it's yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yes. You're funny. You're a funny person. You should do comedy, whatever. Let's just move on. Yeah. 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 No, but like, but actually, so like, okay. So I will say that like, like people, um, just the gifts that they send me of like me being an idiot with the girls on the show and like, and just like getting to be awkward and funny is just something that I never get to do. And so I get to do that with Chopper and then people that relate and say, you know, they're like, oh, my God, this is so me, uh, you know, in situations like this. Uh, hashtag relatable or whatever, you know, like that's the that was the goal with the character. At least that's certainly what I had in mind. And so, um, yeah, like I, I, like he's the first character that I played that was most the most down to earth like to mm. a real life person, right? Gregorio is a, a warlock and, um, you know, Gil is a, you know, Gil is Gil. But toxic like, male, yeah. Toxic yeah. male, but Chopper is just, he's just a, 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 you know, just an awkward, funny person. And uh, and many people relate to situations. And, um, and the biggest thing for me is, of course, just his kindness and how loving he is to the people mm. around him and stuff. You know, that's just playing a character who's so deeply kind is... Uh, is really, really rewarding and, and really, uh, again, I use the word fulfilling, but I will say that again. Um, I will, I have a little anecdote to share though, because, you know, um, 
Well, share it quick before you cut out again. Before the Wi-Fi cuts out. (laughs) Julie, uh, the showrunner, I remember when I first got the part, we had a good meeting. She, like, met with each of the cast members and talked about our arcs and everything. And and she was, you know, she was talking about all the other characters. And she was saying, like, oh, like, Bodhi's trying to reconnect with his indigenous heritage. And and, uh, Crystal's trying to look out for her indigenous community and and, and her roots as well. And Natasha's character is going through a medical issue and and trauma from her, uh, you know, from her parents. And all these dark sort of, you know, like, really... um, uh, uh, poignant sort of issues and and Chopper just wants to be an astronaut and I'm like whoa, whoa wait what go back and <laughs> she's like, yeah Chopper just season one that's his arc he wants to be an astronaut and I'm like it is that's just so funny to me because it's like you know like you, you grow your whole life and you're like I want a really meaty role and I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna do this thing and it's like oh I'm just playing a person who just wants to be an astronaut and he just like loves the stars he just likes planets yeah. like and it's it just took me back to like that five-year-old version of me you know like and it's just He's just really cute. That's the best way to describe him. Like he's just so wholesome in that way. But um, yeah, you posted a great meme of uh, of yeah. of like Chopper. It's like that boy that boyfriend meme where he's looking at like you know the the girl <laughs> walking by. But it was like it was the women were in the form of the stuff from the James Webb Webb telescope. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll link to that in the footnotes. You know what's <laughs> been very refreshing. Uh, about this conversation and it's not the wi-fi coming out <laughs> I was just gonna say. but it's it's how we haven't actually talked about um diversity and inclusion which is how i talk about diversity and inclusion now with that voice because That's it's nice. almost like a lot of those conversations about diversity and inclusion that a lot of white people have you know um it's like it's lost all meaning and the the cool thing the cool thing is that like like a, te- a cool the cool thing I, it sounds cool so thing. lame all of a sudden my if my 11 year old were here she'd be like no the rad say thing. that the no. rad thing the hips and now the happening thing about SkyMed is that it's so like authentically diverse and inclusive without feeling like well here's we're gonna have you know the this is the brown guy and this is the gay person and this is the we're gonna shoehorn all of this in um I don't know what my question was. There's not really a question. It was more of no, a statement. Like, did it, yeah. did it feel like, did, was there any moment when you're on set and you're like, wow, this is a really diverse and inclusive cast and crew and the stories are diverse and inclusive. Like what, what kind of conversations did you have on set about that? If any at all, you know, and do you feel like, I feel like how we've kind of almost, and I'm crossing my fingers and toes, but we are moving to a different part in the conversation about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say very little. Uh, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Because finally, right? Finally. Like, you know, it's, um, it just felt very natural. Uh, the, the, like the, the cast of characters felt natural. Or they're also a cross-section of, of who you would see in mm-hmm. Canada. Um, you know, there's nothing, and that's the thing. There's nothing extraordinary about that. Like, yeah. literally, that's this is Canada. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's who they, they're, they're, you're going to have uh, an African Canadian. You're going to have an Indian Canadian. You're going to have an Asian Canadian. You're going to have, um, you know, uh, the Polish Canadian. Like, we're all a land of immigrants um, at the end of the day, and so that's who you're going to see on the show. Yeah. Um, and I still see haters online. I still see complaints and. You know, I get the, I see comments about like the woke, you know, the woke show or like, you know, stop trying to be so woke or whatever. And I just, you know, you just have to laugh and you just have to like pay them no attention because, you know, none of this was forced. Um, Yeah. And, and, and at the end of the day, like, 
I strongly believe this, you know, some, some diversity and represent, representation needs to be injected in mm -hmm. positions of power specifically, because that's the only way you inculcate uh, uh, habits uh, yeah. going forward. So that, uh, you know, 50, 60 years from now, all of this feels natural. And so, yeah, you know what, if, if sometimes it feels like a quota, fine. Like, this is what we need to do at this point to, yeah. to, to, to be able to develop those habits. But I think this particular show, the reason it didn't feel forced is because the writer's room was well represented. Yeah. Um, automatically, you know, you had writers from different backgrounds uh, working together. And so that's why the writing was just so authentic and natural. That's why, you know, for Chopper, I'll speak for myself, like the the the, the skin, his skin color had nothing to do with the storyline. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's, he's a pilot. He's an engineer. Um, and any sort of romantic entanglements that they had on the show, he's just got to be a person that, mm -hmm. that you know, was previously married to somebody, but then, you know, came uh, in, you know, Unfortunately, that marriage broke and and he moved to Thompson. And so just getting to tell that storyline uh, without having, you know, the arranged marriage thing or without having, you know, like his parents' expectations of him. And yeah, I'm sitting around and thinking all the time about, you know, oh, the pull between my culture and what I want I to know. do. It's like, dudes, we don't sit around all the time thinking about our heritage. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. we can be fuck ups. We can, we can be looking for love. We do these things. I also, I have to say, I am so sick and tired of woke oh my God. being used as a kind of a slur. You know, I would much rather be like, oh, oh, you're so woke. Oh. I would rather be woke than be asleep. You know, if being woke means that you like, why, at what point did it have to become some kind of slur? You know, I would rather like, because if before the wokeness, the awakening, um, I guess I could have said awakening, but it didn't sound as good as no, awakening. Like awakening is better. Yeah, <laughs> awakening is so much better. Um, you know, TV, film did not look the way that this country is, that this land is, you know, like we didn't get to see ourselves on screen or if we did, it didn't, it only represented a certain, either a certain kind of experience or a certain uh, white supremacist view of an experience. So, so I guess we did talk about diversity and inclusion after all. We did. We, we did. did. We did. We did. In a different way though, in a different way. <laughs> yeah, I like, yeah. like, let's keep moving the conversation forward instead of just keep having the yeah. same conversation over and over again. Um, I want, <laughs> before I hit, I hit, we were, I hit record like the first time, not the 30 times since the Wi-Fi is cut out. <laughs> we were talking about this awesome Netflix film called Triple R or RRR, um, which is a Tollywood film that I've watched three times already. Showed it to my dad last night. It was 76th birthday. Uh, it's this huge hit film. And I want I, I would love if you, could you say like a bunch of the stuff you said before we started recording? Yes. You yes, know, yes. because you are like, this is very representative of from where you are in India. So talk about mm. this film and, you know, what it means to you. Yeah. Yeah. That it's having uh, this cultural moment. Yeah. So, so for those who, I mean, RRR, which is a uh, Telugu movie from India, from the uh, state of Andhra Pradesh. Uh, so again, India is not a monolith. India has many, many different provinces, just like Canada does. And each province has their own language. And within each, in within each province, there is a film industry. Uh, so Bollywood is from Mumbai. Tollywood 
is from Andhra Pradesh. I like how this is turning into a full uh, course on Tollywood. But anyway, I'm learning. Uh, I'm learning. Yes. So Tollywood is the Telugu film industry. T, hence Tollywood. Um, and that's my mother tongue. That's my, my, my parents are from Andhra Pradesh. I'm, I'm a, a Telugu a boy. Um, and so RRR is the highest grossing Telugu movie of all time, but it's also on its way to becoming the highest grossing Indian film of all time. Ah! And it's the first Indian film that's uh, ever in the history of cinema made the pop cultural uh, um, impact uh, in North America compared to any other Indian movie of, uh, you know, ever. Um, and you could just tell, like, there's posters of this Telugu movie in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, on Hollywood Boulevard. And so you know, like, if when a movie like that has landed that way in California, which is the you know, the exporter of pop culture, you know that, that uh, you know, Indian cinema has made it in a big way in that sense. And But, but the interesting thing for me is um, RRR is Telugu cinema. It, there's nothing different about it. Telugu cinema is literally what you all see in RRR. Just hyper stylistic. Wow. Everything is to the max. Everything is very earnest. None of it's like ironic. You know, it's very like it wears its heart oh, on its sleeve. Absolutely. And, and that's every single Telugu movie. I, can I just interject? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. my dad watching this. So my dad is, he's Indian, but he's from, from the North. Yeah. Um, but he's watching it. And like, there was a scene like this guy, like he, throws a tiger at a guy and like you know there's like rip it up of like picking up motorcycles and throwing them and he, he was like well first of all he was like this is this is history because it's based on historical figures he's like this is yeah. what it was like i'm like yeah sure yeah. Uh, but my my i believe everything daddy g tells me so whatever but he also he said that it was like indian john wick like that's what we're talking about you know so oh, yeah. get your ideas out of your out of your mind you know like that i that that uh, caricature of Bollywood that we saw, well, that exists for a lot of white people, but that we also saw at Cal Penn. Was it Cal Penn? What movie was Kumail, it? Kumail, Kumail Nanjiani, you mean? Did or, I get my Indian people mixed up? I think you met, So, yeah, yeah. but in you the got, Eternals. Yes. Well, it was, I, I mean, sorry, I blocked that from my mind, but you know, yeah. and it was like insulting and it was, you know, that's not, that's not what this is. No, no. Um, and also, I def- of, yeah. yeah, this is like there's there's some Ben Hur stuff in there. There's like it's so um, there's Tarantino level violence in it yeah. as well. Uh, it's very much it's like it's like the Matrix, John Wick, Tarantino, uh, uh, the new Everything Everywhere All at Once movie. Like, yes. like, like that type of style as well all mixed in together to create, and, it, and we call it in India, at least it's called masala entertainment, right? It's like, it's a masala film, which <laughs> yeah. basically means that it's like, it's got everything in it and it's, 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 it's like everything's to the extreme. And so, you know, the other than the budget being really high, this is what a Telugu movie is. I can't um, wait to see more then. Can you recommend yeah. some others so that oh I, can, I can recommend them to my dad? I mean, there's, uh, there's Bahubali, the same director who directed RRR, directed uh, uh, um, a, an Indian epic called Bahubali. It's on Netflix, part one and part two. They both are on oh, Netflix excellent. right now, so check it out. And actually, just go to Netflix and just say Telugu. Just type yeah. in T-E-L-U-G-U, and you'll just see a bunch of Telugu movies on Netflix and just start watching them, um, you know? And you'll notice that they're all the same, um, which is why it's, it's mind-blowing to me because <laughs> I'm just, I'm a Telugu kid, yeah. And like nobody on this side of the world, you know, in North America ever talks about it other than the Telugu people that live in the States and Canada. Yeah. And of course, now all of a sudden this movie comes out and it's like the entire world, Twitter, 
Instagram. Uh, uh, My you know, dad. Your dad, white, like white showrunners <laughs> and TV executives, uh, yeah. you know, that head up like Star Wars and stuff like that are like tweeting about it in their spare mm. time. You know, like it's made such a pop cultural significance to the point where I think Tollywood is going to become a genre in the United States hmm. because they want to capture that essence. And, and, and you know, and, and but I, I feel really weird about it because it's like, great. Like, thank you, everybody, for catching up because, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we um, have been here. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. been here. Would you would you consider um filming in in Tollywood and going like you know being in some of these films going and fi- like how trippy would that be I have a meeting in December in Tollywood that's all I'll say that's all I will say nothing there's nothing there's no guarantees of anything but I but there uh, my family does have a lot of connections there and and I um oh, I don't I, I never manifest this you're a warlock we're gonna manifest we're gonna manifest this, this. <laughs> I never gave it a thought because I'm too whitewashed to, to be blunt about it, I just mm. I don't speak Telugu at a high enough level, and um, and so I never really considered it. And I did take a lot of meetings even before I started my acting career. Like I would, uh, I would meet with a lot of people there, uh, but they just weren't interested because it's still very nepotistic. Like you look at mm-hmm. RRR, like the two uh, heroes in that movie, uh, and even the heroine, they're all from famous families. Um, Wasn't the director's like his? He gets like he works on the stories with his dad, and then like he's married to the costume designer. And yeah, okay, listen, what I'm gonna do for you, Prinny, because this is gonna help. <laughs> I'm gonna make so many mugs, and bro, I'm gonna sh- we're gonna ship them to India, and everybody's gonna be like, whoa. Oh my god! Want the, we want this? the guy on this mug. Yeah, the, the sky med mug or the pink shirt. The pink shirt mug's more masala, I feel. So we should. Yeah, do that. yeah, yeah. 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 That's, I that's don't more, know. Like yeah. SkyMed is currently uh, is currently on Voot Select in India. It so. is. It's on Voot Select. Yeah. yeah. And I did not dub any of those. But yeah, that's not me. Um, that's crazy. Which, again, that's it. It's always a very trippy experience. <laughs> like my grandma's watching it in that language, and it's just like, it's like, and she keeps asking me, like, did you do this? Because you didn't sound like you. I'm like, no, grandma, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't do any of this. Just some other some other brown dude. No. <laughs> Grandma watched. Uh, Grandma watched Nancy Drew, right? Yeah. yeah so, yeah, what yeah. does she think of Chopper compared to Gil? Like, I'm assuming her heart is a little bit more like I like him a little. Bit oh, better. she. Uh, what did What did she say? She was like, "Are there any sex scenes coming up?" And mm. I said, uh, "I said yes." And she said, "Just tell me what episode, so I can just not watch those." Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the last conversation that we had. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, she's very proud. She's so sweet. She loves it, and and she's sharing it with all her apartment friends. Uh, you know, because they all live in that complex together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they have weekly watch parties. Um, you know, they, though they're using—I shouldn't say this—they're using an illegal streaming device. But um, uh, anyways, I didn't say that. Um, I love that yeah. you whispered it too. Kind of like if I whisper on the podcast, you know. It's like I'm almost not saying it. Not no, saying no, it. Yeah. Voot select. No, but she's she's so happy. She's she's uh, really really proud and uh, but uh, still still ask me when I want when I'm gonna get married and when I'm gonna uh, give her grandchildren. So that that hasn't none of that has stopped any of that. So. I mean, if nothing else, she would like to at least watch you go through it. So try to get a role where you get to go through that if you're not in a rush, right? And so she can watch it unfold on Season screen two. and then you can take your... <laughs> Season two. I will ask Julie to write that in just for my grandma. Just for grandma. <laughs> yeah. um, wow. What a delight it is to to spend this time with you today, Praneet. Um, 
not that I'm giving you the brush off now, but I'm kind of almost done with you. Uh, <laughs> off the green pastures. Yeah. Well, and yeah, you're yeah. literally going to a pasture, I'm assuming. Yeah. Look, yeah. do you have what the fuck? This is actually my life moments. Now, I might have asked you this question before. Uh, I probably did. I probably should listen to our episode, but it's, I, I like to listen. Know. I don't know if I did. I might have asked you the question about going back and listen, I released episode 229 last week. Okay. Like I'm not keeping all my, I'm sorry. I got my brown dudes mixed up talking about the Eternals. That was a forgettable movie. I, you know, but it's like, I've done a lot of episodes. I can't remember every question, but I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So WTF, like what the fuck? Not what the fuck, but what the fuck? This is actually my life. Like, if you've had some of those moments recently in your career, like when have when have those happened for you? Well, uh, okay, so recent moments. Uh, we were on eTalk. Um, I grew up watching that and Enter- yeah. Entertainment Tonight Canada, and, and so like just being a guest on eTalk. I feel like you're uh, cheating on the YVR Screen Scene podcast, but, but, but I guess like, that's, you know. No, I know, I know. I, yeah, no, this is this is way better. But it's, you know what I mean. But like, <laughs> I know what like, you mean. I know what you mean. It's just weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's, yeah. weird. Um, it's very very strange. And then working with Aaron Ashmore. Mm. Um, Aaron Ashmore is a Canadian. I, I'm gonna say legend at this point because you know he's been a child actor, and then yeah. his twin brother Sean Ashmore. The Ashmores. Yeah. The Ashmores. And so growing up watching them on my screen, you know, like on the Family Channel and like different shows and stuff, and and then working with him like on set and having him on my phone as yeah. like a number, as a yeah. contact. And uh, he's so good. His character is so oh, he's good. Such too. a good actor. And like such the nicest human being. And just like joking around with him on set and him being my friend now hmm. and, and just like working with him on set. And like, I would have constant out of body experiences where I would just like yeah. stand beside him. I'd be like, what is, what is going on right now? Like this, yeah. this is, He's a person, and he's probably excited no. about being your friend too, because you're pretty uh, fucking Aquila. Like I showed him Mom vs. Machine, like that, like that moment too. I was just like, you know, he's just like, hey, I really want to see this movie. And I was like, here, I sent him a link, and it's just like, it's like I'm sending Sean Ashmore, or sorry, Aaron Ashmore, a link. You know, okay, I'm leaving that in too. I'm leaving no, 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 that no, in too. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna kill me. He's gonna. It's okay. Kill my me. dad calls yeah. me like my my sister's name is Samantha. So my yeah. name is Sama Sabrina, and then Samantha's oh, name is no. Sama, uh, yeah, Sabri Samantha, right? Yeah. It's always been that way. So it's, oh, you know, man. it's love. That's my father. It's love. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's love. It's love. also love, Aaron. Aaron, it's, yeah. I love you. That's Total, that's yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a true fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so SkyMed, new episodes are currently airing weekly in Canada on CBC television every Sunday at 9 p.m. throughout the summer. And you can find all episodes now streaming on CBC Gem, which is CBC streaming service. And I pay for the premium service, I got to say. A lot of great options there. Uh, SkyMed is also available on Paramount Plus, but outside of Canada only. And yep. also yep. on Food Select and however, <laughs> however, Pranit's grandma is getting it illegally. Um, you want to <laughs> drop your socials here, Pranit? Uh, tell us, yeah, tell yeah, yeah. us where we can find you, follow you, celebrate you on all the socials. Yes, please follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Pranit Akila. Uh, yeah, uh, Twitter and Instagram are the only ones that I really use. And, yeah, um, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if you want, if you're, if if I hear from enough people who want to uh, to get a Pranit Akila mug, limited edition uh, mug, limited yeah. edition mug, uh, all the I, all the money will go to a charity of 
Pranit's choosing. We'll figure that out. Maybe Pranit yep. will sign them when he's in Vancouver next. You know, and Let's we'll do uh, that. yeah, people can contact me, and we'll and we will uh, we'll get that sorted. We'll have uh, a limited edition masala mug, and we'll have a limited edition Sky Mud mug. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, and and yeah. yeah. Buy both. More money yeah. for, for charity. All right. You're a fucking delight, Praneet. Oh. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Um, please, listeners, like, subscribe. Leave us a review if you're so inclined. It helps us find even more listeners, and we can keep having conversations like the one that we had today, which I think was, despite the Wi-Fi stuff, I think this was a really good conversation. Um, yes, very good. A lot of comic timing. A lot. I mean, I think that's just you and I, which is hilarious because we've only done one in person. And I think the rest of our conversations for the podcast have been Been over Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. So next time we're going to make the magic happen in studio. Okay. Find us www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenscene or at Sabrina. That's at Sabrina. Ronnie Mara Firminger is my initials. Why Your Screen Scene Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Mara Firminger, and it's edited by Simon Peter Firminger. I guess we're, this is the middle name edition. What's your middle name, Praneet? Uh, Kaustub. Kaustub. And is yeah. Praneet your full first Praneet name? Praneet Kaustub Akila, yeah. Praneet Kaustub Akila. Okay. Yeah. Special thanks to Mariana Daria Firminger for recording our Patreon ad. To Paul Jason Furman, all these non-ethnic names, whatever. <laughs> Kaustab and Ronnie are where it's at. Uh, for technical support and Dane, I don't know your middle name, Dane, but Dane, not Furminger, Devil for the original music. Why we're screen seen as a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! Hey, filmmakers. Did you know that you can hire top quality, experienced, and professional actors for your films? If you're producing a student film for course credits, working on a web series, a short, or a feature film, you can afford to have some of the best talent in the business in your production. How, you ask? Well, UBCP Actor has an ultra-low budget program, which offers a range of options that cover everything from student films to productions with a $300,000 budget. There is a ULB program that will meet your needs, regardless of your budget. To learn more, visit ubcpactor.ca and look for ultra-low budget programs or email ulbprogram at ubcpactra.ca. Now is the time to jumpstart your dream for the screen.